Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Hustle and Hoops pod. We're back as a quartet. The quartet is back. The dynamic foursome is back together. And uh, it's a little early morning for uh, one of us. Welcome to the West Coast, Jack Mandel. Jack, how, how do? Today? How do? We're uh, we're over here on Mountain Time in Arizona. It's a beautiful eight o'clock in the morning over here. Just sipping on my coffee, waking up, and got a lot of basketball on my mind. You know. Yeah, the sacrifices we make to talk hoop. That's it's just it's gotta happen. It's gotta happen. Dove, I see you got your new shirt on. Feeling good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Feeling great. Feeling great. Now we're just waiting for the sauna. <laughs> JD, you're always ready. Feeling you're up good. this early. You're you're always ready. I'm always ready. Pump up the yeah. crowd. Pump up the crowd. Yes. Always pumping up the crowd. And we want to give a happy belated to Doug. Yeah, birthday it was yesterday. Everybody yes, shouts sir. out Doug. Happy birthday, Doug. Appreciate it. Happy birthday, Appreciate Doug. Um, the best gift to Doug is talking hoops. That's the thing he loves to do the most. So without further ado, Doug got a little birthday gift from Shamstrania last night, breaking the news that the Dallas Mavericks are acquiring Christian Wood, former Piston great, in a trade for the 26th overall pick in, the, in this year's NBA draft. Boban Marjanovic, uh, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, and Marquise Chris, who also just went, underwent knee surgery and will be out in, indefinitely if anyone cared about that. Um, so, Dove, what are what what are what are what are what is what is this? What is what this? is this? What is this? What is this? What is this? A new segment. So. Couple things that I've taken just from the first like 12 hours of this happening. First of all, it is hilarious to see how many people have no clue that Christian Wood can't play defense. That is beautiful. Uh, I saw someone tweet, shouts out uh, Nikias Duncan for bringing it onto my timeline. Someone was tweeting, like, you know, I don't, I don't really understand if that's the value for Wood, you know, someone who's offensively gifted you know, on all three levels and this and that, like, I don't understand what the skill is missing. That's, you know, the reason for his value being so low. And it's like, really? You don't? You're really not aware of the 6'11 small forward on the court? Like, Christian Wood is good. Don't get me wrong. We wanted to keep him in Detroit. Fans wanted to keep him in Detroit for a reason. Uh, Like I said, he is a three-level scorer, so bringing him into the Maverick system as I don't know if it's going to be a replacement necessarily, but at least just a, another Maxi Kleber type of player fit, you know, fill the hole of, he can stretch the floor. He can do the pick and pop, but he can also do the pick and roll a little bit better than some of the other guys that the, uh, the Mavs have had for Luca, especially when you look at, you know, other players who had less of a willingness to get to the cup not going to call anyone out, but he's had bigs on his team who don't necessarily do that that well. And Christian Wood is definitely above average on offense, uh, especially on in pick and roll, pick and pop situations. And putting him next to Luca is you can't say that someone is going to be bad next to a guard like Luca. 
Anyone, anyone, anyone else? Go. You know? I like it. I like the trade. I obviously think that the Rockets could have gotten more out of it, but the relationship wasn't there. They got uh, Shangun, and now they're probably going to pick Paolo. So getting rid of the big for another first-round pick, I guess, works out in their favor. But as far as the Mavericks side of things, I don't think they're done yet. I think they have to make another trade at this point because if they'd keep this same team plus Christian Wood and then Christian Wood has to fill in for Dwight Powell, who will then come off the bench, who's a very good defender, I don't know. Like you said, he's not good at defense, so I think they need another good starter that can fill that void, and I don't know who it is, but be on the watch out. Cuban's not done. Or at least a specialist. I like your point about that because I think it might have been Bleacher Report put out one of their dumb posts where it's like, this lineup's going to be looking scary. (laughs) And it's, you know, Dwight Powell, Brunson, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Dwight Powell and Christian Wood. And it's like, are you on crack, Bleacher Report? Like, (laughs) did you really just talk of a lineup that has Dwight Powell starting at center? Like... Like it's about to be a championship squad. They are not done. I'm Ooh. see what's only 25, like 26, like 25, 26. And like, despite like all the issues he had off the court with Houston, like he still put up like 20 and 10 averages and like his first like major role. Like he had a big role with the Pistons, but he never like he, he was a six man. Like he didn't yeah. do that. And obviously let's not he's pretend not like be, we gave, like the team gave him any yeah. chance really. He's not going to be the number one with Dallas and I don't think he's going to be the number two either when all said and done, hopefully um, for Dallas's sake. But if he can operate as a number three, putting up 15 and 10 as a true power forward, and hopefully his defense won't be that big of a liability works out like his personality issues don't conflict like they did in Houston with the coaching. It could be the start of a really good off season for their lineup uh, in Houston. I mean, in, in Dallas. Yeah, I think it's um, it's beneficial more for the Mavericks because ultimately it's telling Luca like you are trying to build a team around him like he is the guy, and that's just putting him in a better mindset. So gelling with the team, maybe making more trades, but ultimately this was a move that had to be made. I'm not sure like if there was any other deals in place that could have. Um, brought more players to Dallas. I don't know, but for now, I think the Mavericks are in a good spot because now they have uh, leverage. Like they can go to other teams now, and they have assets to give up. I mean, those assets they gave up to the Rockets were probably not worth what they got back. But we see fleeces happen all the time, so. Uh, I don't know what the Rockets were doing. Like that's, I mean, I think that was a terrible trip. I, I think this kind deal of- was definitely Houston shopping Christian Wood rather than Dallas making a call on Christian yeah. Wood's availability. I, I, I kind of want to, and sorry, Shub, for cutting you off right, right now, but um, I, I'll never forgive you for what you're doing right now. I kind of want to disagree with you, Duve, on that. Like, I think, first of all, I, I, 
I kind of get what you're saying in the sense that like the return on Christian Wood wasn't as great as, you know, you think it, it could have been for the Rockets. Um, I slightly disagree with that just because I think, you know, while he is 25, 26, while he is very, you know, offensively gifted and is giving you the 20 and 10, um, there are holes in his game and questions in his game, along with the fact that he's a relatively expiring contract with, you know, probably going to be asking for 20 plus mil um, after that runs out, which is tough. That's tough. Um, and if I'm the Rockets and I'm rebuilding, I don't want to pay a 26 going into 27 year old that much money when I'm about to draft a guy who, you know, my GM clearly loves after having dinner with him three days in a row. Uh, you know, I, I think the Rockets saw Paolo and said, listen, Christian, you gotta go last year in the draft. They did extremely well with all of their picks, not just Jalen green, which I, we all know it was a good pick. And now they have another pick in the late first round that they've added to their resume for this off season. That will probably turn into another piece that they did, you know, just like they did last year. You have to value the player not just as like their skill set or their you know their statistics you also kind of have to consider like the situation for it as well yeah I, I back to that, that go ahead no no no. i was just saying i agree so okay you. and back to that point about christian wood wanting 20 plus million a year let's say they overpaid jalen brunson this offseason to keep him are they going to then overpay Christian Wood the next offseason to keep him? Just something to think about. That's a good point. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this shakes up because the draft being so close. So there's going to be a lot of moves from here till then. And ultimately, I think my only issue with the trade was the Rockets, I guess, not being patient enough. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, that was maybe, like, their best deal. But I think with a little more time, they probably could have gotten some more out of it. Yeah, because realistically, they're not playing Sterling Brown. They're not playing Marquise Chris. They're not playing Trey Burke. And Boban will Those get, are all like, roster fillers. Boban, Boban will get, like, three get minutes, minutes a game, maybe. Yeah. So they basically the just, pick. They just traded Christian – or they just traded the 26th overall pick for Christian Wood. So I kind of agree. They knew that. Am I wrong in saying that they shopped him around? Of course they at the trade deadline. I wouldn't say they were aggressive in their in their talks. I think they definitely had hope that they could have worked out like with him. Like because he's a good player. Like they're not just gonna trade a good player. Like they definitely had hopes that he would work out long term and he didn't. And like we were uh, saying yesterday, um, to this point, here you go ahead, Doug. Oh, I was going to lead it into it. Did you have something to say about? No, I was also going to lead Winston. it into what happens next. Where do we go from here with this type of trade value? Someone who's expiring next year and they get a very late overall or first round pick. I mean, and that's where we come into the question. And that's where we come into the question. That's where Jeremy Grant comes into the question. So what in Doug, take the it away is this? Jeremy Grant, 
I know, I know we want that seventh pick. I know we want that ninth pick. There's a lot of different things that we could do with Jeremy Grant, but unfortunately, I think it's been proven that we're not getting a lottery pick from Jeremy Grant. We're not. We're just not. We're probably not even getting a pick. We're we're probably getting a pick and contract filler. Wait, are you saying for just JG? I'm saying I'm pretty sure that if Jeremy Grant isn't traded by draft night, or if Jeremy Grant is traded by draft night, it's going to be a straight up Jeremy Grant for a pick and contract filler. Okay, so you're saying if it's just Jeremy, he won't get a lottery pick? I'm saying I don't I don't think there's a package that we can give or that we want to give right now for a lottery pick. I don't think you're getting Jeremy Grant and Kelly Olenek, or I don't think you're getting a lottery pick for Jeremy Grant with Kelly, Corey. Uh, who else do you have to give up that you would give up? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not a lot that you can Frank really Jackson. do. Yeah. He's uh, he's got a keep team Frank. Option. He's got a team. Oh option. shit! Damn. Damn. Yeah. All right. So originally, when when this trade went down last night, I texted you guys. I said, "This is not good for Jeremy Grant." We chose Grant over Wood in a sense in that offseason two years ago. If this is the trade value for a guy like Wood, then it's not going to bode well for Jeremy Grant. Um, However, after thinking about it a little bit more, I think the circumstances around the Christian Wood trade are completely different and not relevant to Jeremy Grant's trade value. I think obviously it has some effect, but Christian Wood was a disgruntled role player. That's what he was. He was a disgruntled role player who was not going to play on the Houston Rockets anymore. So Jeremy Grant, on the other hand, is a like piece you know can compete on a playoff team instantly and gives you the things that win championships, which is the defense and the shooting. Christian Wood doesn't give you really either of those things. Not to say he's not a very good player, but he doesn't give you either of those things. Jeremy Grant's played 100 games in the past two seasons for Detroit. That is not something they had envisioned when they signed him to be the number one option. I think if he goes to a contender, you're you're he, like he wants to go to if he's getting traded, he wants to go to a contender, and contenders don't have early picks to give. So I think you're more likely to give get like two late first round picks than one lottery pick. And what you do with those two late first round picks might be able to get you a lottery pick. I'm not yeah. like so I don't think Jeremy Grant for a lottery pick is necessarily the best route for Detroit either. Um, but he's gonna get more. I think it's irrelevant and i think jeremy grant will undoubtedly be better than he was on detroit no matter where he goes next and i'm gonna just throw this out there before we finish this conversation what if we extend him i hate you unless it's for 10 million dollars a year i'm straight all right i'm not paying him 20 million plus not even close all right right. that's fair it it just i I can't be, we can't be locked into money like that right now. We have to pay Cade, Sadiq, and, and Marvin, and Stu, and Killian, and our next draft pick, and our next draft pick. Like, we, yeah. All right, Shu, what do we, what do we got next? So, just real quick, 
can't believe Anthony Davis has said he did not touch a basketball for three months, even when injured. Atrocious. Atrocious. And and there's guys saying, terrible. there's guys saying that they'd rather have Anthony Davis than Joker or MD. I'm not gonna name names, but there are people saying no free that. promo. No free promo. Not not giving them the light of day. But please Stephen bring us on your show. <laughs> Moving on. We'd love to, to be on first take. To the real beef of the stew. Free promo. If you know the what real, I'm saying. The real beef of the stew. The NBA finals like the, are still going on. Yes. Absolutely. We, the last time we met, it was prior to game four. It was prior to game four, looking at my notes from last time. Because uh, okay. I wrote down the wrong notes for this time. Um it was prior to game four. So there's been game five. And, and so it's been game four and five since the last time we met. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors won both. It was the Celtics were up 2 1 at home, chance to take the series by the horns. And the Warriors came out swinging. And now it's back to Boston. Let's start. And when you with, mess with the bull. Yeah, you get the horns. So we know. We know. We know. Let's start. Let's start with what the Warriors did right to win two games in a row. One on one on the away court. Uh, JD, we'll start with you. What's what's going on in Golden State that's making things go right after going down two one? Well, <clears throat> to start, I mean, Game Four. I think we can all agree on this. It was the Steph Curry show. He went into Boston and. Even in the first quarter, he was uh, unconscious. I mean, dude was just hitting crazy things. And it just felt like the entire night um, the Warriors were in control and they were getting the bounces, they were getting the second chances and actually getting rebounds on the glass, like we said. And that was really important. And one of their keys to victory was actually getting boards. And... Draymond stepped it up a little bit. I know it's not like in the stat sheet, but he was putting in the work. Jay Poole, Wiggins, he Wiggins has honestly stepped up his entire game this year. high rebounds in game four, 16 rebounds. Yes, he had the great rebounds. And then when he's guarding Jason Tatum, he's been clamping Tatum the entire series. Um, Is it time to give him something? Is it time to give Wiggins? I don't want to say it yet. No. I don't want to say it yet. What? I have to give him – I have to give the flowers to Curry right now. Uh, okay. I mean, he's just shouldering the weight. And then you got everybody clowning Jordan Poole. I mean, it's just – it's it's amazing. Jordan Poole loves it. He's playing great. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just all around, like, the Warriors getting back to their own system and their style of play. And Boston was not ready for that at all. Yeah, spot on. We're just on game um, four right now, right? Yeah. Game four game, and five. Like game four talk about both. was obviously the Curry show, but it was also the Andrew Wiggins rebound game. Mans put up 16 rebounds and Looney off the bench put up 11. And that was huge for them. Every time this series that the Warriors get an offensive rebound, it's been a total momentum changer. Like, the Celtics can play the best defense in the world, hold the best shooter of all time to miss. And then the Warriors get an offensive rebound and it's right back to it. So that's something that I've been noticing a lot this series. 
Um, yeah, Doug, what you got for game four? Let's see. Um, game four, I... Jeez. Long time. Um, you know, it's it's it's. I think you guys. I think you guys covered it well. I think I think game four doesn't need much more analysis. You know, it, like Real you said, quick. Steph Curry, God. Um, you know, you were gonna get one of those games from him in this series. You might get another one. Who knows? Um, that's it's not what we expect because it's ridiculous and, uh, you know, media whatever. Great, great game. I was going to say mediocre or whatever the word Real is. Real quick on game four, though. Mediocre. Something that was huge Medi- about game four mediocre. was in the fourth quarter when Steve Kerr decided to take Draymond out of the game for that oh, little yeah, stretch. Yeah. That I disagreed with that. Playing as a specialist was beautiful. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. They ended up putting him back in. But like, he ended up coming Draymond, back in. The defensive possession. Yeah, and then they took him back up. Him. Yeah, they, he was coming in and out and in and out. He was in for defense, out for offense. But they were losing by – like six to eight when he came out of that game. And by the time he came back in, it was tied. And that was with under six minutes left in the game. So, I mean, it was big. Steve Kerr's got some balls on him because not many coaches would take out Draymond Green, even with how he was playing. So what do you guys think about that? I know Shub disagrees. So let's hear about it first. I just just don't think Draymond was having as bad of a game I, I, like I, I thought he was showing up. Like I thought, like like Draymond's one of those guys. Even when the stat sheet, like when the stats aren't filling up, he is always active. He's always there. He's always trying. Worst but, case but scenario, Looney, you're going to get someone who's trying. Looney you, was big you, for them. Looney had a good that's, game that that's, game. That's the thing is Looney. His was rebounds. Playing, his offense was rebounds. playing better. I mean, and Draymond was just doing that little bit too much extra stuff that he does sometimes. Where like it's Draymond like, had nine boards and eight assists, most four steals it. in that game. Like only two turnovers. A lot of he that was And he wasn't that. in foul trouble. But he was one for seven, and he was taking a lot of really bad uncalled for shots. Don't it's, you want it at the end? It's not like yes, absolutely. No one's arguing. No one's arguing that putting him back in at that time was the perfect time. But the issue was near the end of the third, going into the fourth, and throughout most of the fourth, Draymond was a liability both on offense and defense because you can just leave Draymond and play four on four, and now the spacing is ridiculous. And they were doing the same sometimes with Steph, where they just take him out the play on offense and just deny him the ball. But when you're with Draymond, you literally can just leave him and just add an extra defender. It's a whole different It, it just it's scheme. like Obviously, when you get inside a minute, you can start doing the specialist shit. You can say, all right, there's going to be a lot of whistles. We can make the, the switches. But I think Draymond is too valuable with his like, ability to run their offense and his defensive hustle and heart that – it's not worth taking him out with seven minutes left, in my opinion. If you really want to spark, I get it. But it's not like he benched him for the rest of the game as a punishment for not playing well. He came back in. It's that much of an argument. They won the game. But, but I mean. I, I see where Shub's coming from. But I also want to point out um, it may have been a confidence thing because he was passing up wide open layups. And I know we've seen that before, but. Um, they, these guys were like one foot, like point blank layups and Draymond was just passing them up. So it might've been a confidence thing, like you said, but also we have to give the flowers to Looney cause he deserved those minutes. 
I mean, he was he was the one putting in that work when Draymond wasn't getting the stats. So I think it's fair to say that uh, Looney deserved him. And when you're one for seven, putting up two points in crunch time, I know that's not technically crunch time, but the last seven minutes of the game are so crucial. Like, you need output. And it's not to say Draymond isn't going to give you that. It's just you can't be you can't have a guy on the floor final seven minutes passing up layups. Yeah, I mean, it's just and unacceptable. Obviously, Draymond is not a scorer, but he went one for seven, and those shots he missed were point blank floaters wide open shots and at that point if he's shooting the ball and it's not going in your direction like he's not making the shots he's missing big shots and that's helping the Celtics at that point I think you take him out but that's all I've to got a certain for that degree discussion. I'm starting to agree with you Shub in my head, but like it's, I, I just it's, don't it's, think it, I don't think I, it's that I understand the decision. I've said, I respect Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr going to do that move. It takes a lot of balls. A lot of coaches won't do that. Um, and I respect him putting him back in, like putting his pride aside when they said, all right, Draymond, we need you again. And Draymond putting his pride aside and saying, all right, coach, I got you. When his number was called again. And that's one of the things that works so well for the Warriors. Um, but I got a couple more thoughts on on game four at least and it's really and then i want and then i want to get started on game five well okay well this kind of goes into game five (laughs) okay that's fine and that's two words jason tatum needs to show up he needs to show up like he he's put up decent point games like it's not like he's ever he hasn't had any duds per se but he has not had any games where they where where mark jackson gives him a mama there goes that man Facts, and, and you need you need a mama. There goes that man from your superstar. You, you need it, you need it. He he's the guy who's supposed to be carrying zero 30 point games from anyone on the Celtics in the in the in the finals. You know they're capable of it. Um, obviously Wiggins defense, Draymond defense, oh, they had- Clay defense, but they're supposed to be matchup proof. Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown, I give more of an excuse because he's supposed to be the number two. Jason Tatum's supposed to cut, give cut the slack away from him. But when is Jason Tatum going to show up? Yeah. I mean, he's going to score 20 points because he takes so many shots. Like, so many shots. He's been fine from three, but these mid-rangers, he's been so off. Anything inside the paint. Yeah. And it's really inside the free throw line. It's killing them. And he takes... Like, obviously, the man needs to take his shots, but he takes a lot of bad shots. I don't know if, like, he'll make a bunch of shots that don't look good, too. It's like, oh, he should not have shot that, and then it goes in. But at a certain point, like in game one, when he realized he did not have his shot going, he ended up with 10-plus assists, and they won the game, and he was huge passing the ball. So I think he needs to realize that, and... I don't know. Tonight for game six, he needs to score and he needs to do it efficiently. It's simple as that. So I think the issue that we've seen, the reason we've seen him be able to drop at least, you know, 27 or whatever, like you said, I'm glad you brought that up. Like the three pointers have been good, have been very good. I mean, he shot 56% last night on nine attempts, Um, but he can't do anything inside at all. He can't finish. 
He can't get past his defenders. If he does, he's immediately being doubled on the drive. So then he picks up the ball and either makes a bad decision or makes a bad shot. It's one of the two or takes a bad shot. Um, you know, you look at the you look at the statistics like 18 turnovers in game five for the Celtics. You're not winning that game. Yep. 13 of them being just from Tatum, Brown and Smart. That's unacceptable. That's insane. Yeah. Two from Grant Williams. Grant Williams does not need to be getting any turnovers Peyton at all. Pritchard is also awful. Payton Pritchard is also terrible. Ten Pretty bench useful. points. Ten bench points for the Celtics. That's insane. No, 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 that that's not accurate because six of them came from Luke Cornett and Aaron Neesmith. Okay, so even <laughs> less. It, that's what I was going to say. When we talked about the series pre, pre, pre-series, hang on, Dove. This, yeah, this yeah, goes hand good. in hand. You're good. You're good. We said the Warriors bench is going to dictate how the Celtics respond, and that's what's happened the past couple of games. Kerr has kind of figured out the, those rotations, bringing Looney off the bench to not match him up with Rob Williams. Um, Otto Porter starting, which is kind of, which is another thing we saw. Like we said, if, if he's healthy, look for him to get minutes. Gary Payton sat out game one, has played every game since, giving them very good minutes. Great game defensively, Very good the minutes. Other attacking the hoop. He's just, he's invaluable to that team. Um, and then Jordan Poole is finally back to going 50% for 10 points, which is, you know, a lot better than anyone on the Celtics. And this is causing the Celtics to put up four bench points to not trust their bench. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown played the entire second half until like the last 30 seconds. That's where a lot of Tatum's points come from. And that's what I was getting to. And I'm sure what you're getting to as well is for whatever reason, well, we know why the Warriors are a team that open strong and close strong first quarter, fourth quarter. Those are, Almost always their best quarters Warriors. in every single game. Third, it's the third quarter of Warriors. Warriors. No, no, no. In the in the in, in the, the finals. Fourth. Sorry, they, in they, the finals. They have, they have every quarter. In these guys. finals. Guys, in these have, finals, we real. haven't they, been. They, able... they have every quarter. Okay. <laughs> game five, though, the second and third, like you were just alluding to, was almost all Celtics. Basically, I mean, you know, you had that eight straight three run. Uh, you had the what was it? I have it written down somewhere here. The 14 missed threes in a row from Golden State. Like you have these moments in the middle of the games where Jason Tatum is giving Jordan Poole buckets. But then Andrew Wiggins comes back out. And Duve, I don't know why you didn't want to give this man his flowers. Because if anyone this series outside of Steph Curry deserves flowers, it is Andrew Wiggins. He has been the most consistent player on the court. Flat out. On both sides of the floor. On both if you want to say, if you want to say, Steph, I'm not going to argue with you. But I think game to game, hashtag Wiggins for MVP. No, Steph is still the Finals MVP. But no. game to game, Wiggins was the best player overall on the court each each game, especially in Game Five. Especially in Game Five, I would five. agree. And the only reason I said I'm gonna hold off on it because I want to see tonight how he does. In Boston, can he, again. can he do three in a row? Can yeah. can he? I, I, you don't like. He, I and don't know if he's ever had. I want to say fair. a couple things here. We mentioned, or Shub mentioned. I'm sorry that no Celtic has dropped over 30 points in this entire finals, and in the games that they've won, it's not all about Tatum, Brown, Smart, Horford. It's about like the supporting cast as well, 
And they really made the Warriors uncomfortable in that aspect and just kept the gas pedal going. So I think to say this is all on Tatum and Brown just isn't fair. And I know we haven't been saying that, but it's not all on them because they need their supporting cast. But I really want to call out Horford because he's we were giving him so much gas. Yep. And just saying like, oh, finals MVP, like he's amazing. Hall of Famer. Literally just falling off a cliff. Like I just don't know what uh, is going on. No, you can't say. I wouldn't that. say he's no. his impact. He went Thirty-three is off minutes, a cliff. nine and nine. I, I, I like, have something to say about a, Al Horford. That's not yeah. enough. Go ahead, I, shoot. I, 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 if you're, Hold I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to let you finish your thought, JD. Though, if you're, unless oh, you're done. I was just gonna say, you need more, and you can't just rely on Tatum Brown smart. Um. All right. So we talked, like I, I mentioned earlier about the. uh how Golden State has started to dictate the rotation game. Their bench has been showing up, and Boston's hasn't. Um, and that's made Ime Udoka have to adjust and, in my opinion, panic. He pulled Al Horford. Similar to how Draymond Green was pulled, Ime Udoka pulled Al Horford and Rob Williams late in the game in favor of Grant Williams and I Derek White. That. Who I hated both that. were having awful games <clears throat> and that is the difference between a guy like steve kerr and a guy like Ime Odoka, the experience the the expertise why the hell was i, I understand what you're saying about al horford um not having the impact he's had since game one but at the same time al horford had nine points and nine rebounds that's more than grant williams and Derek whitehead combined so uh, that's not you can't say that you expect the, way more out of Horford. Hold up, but do you though? Like, do, do you, know you what he averaged do you really? this season? He averaged do 10 you really? Eight? That, do you oh really expect that much God. out of Horford? He's averaging, Horford. He's, doing this. he's averaged 12 and 9 on the playoffs. Like, I wait, love wait, Al. Wait. Al's I'm, had really big games. We're talking about the playoff run, not his right, but you're, stats. you're not you're not expecting he's averaging Al 12 and 9 on the playoffs. No, 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 hold on, hold on. You're not expecting Al Horford to come out here and give you six threes a game I'm in each game in the finals, but you're also that. not expecting him to be able to give you the 30 minutes of full defensive impact the entire game after a long, long regular season and a long playoff run. That's all I'm saying. I think, I think his age is showing that's it. I, I think I he's think still doing what he can do, but his impact is not nearly as felt. I think this is partly on Udoka is what I'm saying though, is because not only does he show he doesn't have confidence in Al to close the game or that lineup that includes Al to close the game, um, which is he's obvi- Al's obviously a better player than Grant Williams or Derek White. And he obviously can hang with the Warriors guys. It also shows it goes hand in hand with the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown argument of Al Horford gets mismatches all day. And that's on coaching to make sure the players know to expose those mismatches. Al Horford knows he should be able to score over Gary Payton in the post. And he has in this, in this series, he has scored on Otto Porter in the post. It's only an issue when he's got Kevon Looney on him or Draymond Green, who's one of the best defenders of all time. The fact that coaching has not said Tatum run a pick and roll with Al Horford, get your guy on Al, let Al post up, get a layup. Why hasn't that happened? We've seen it. I think it was game two. We saw, or maybe game three, we saw a little bit of the Al mismatches. He put up like four, four buckets in like 10 minutes on mismatches alone and haven't seen any since. And I don't think that's entirely on Al. 
I don't think Al isn't looking for the opportunities. I think the ball just isn't coming to him because Tatum and Brownfield's on their shoulders to win the game. And they're not so, doing that. So, so let's talk about that. Like I said the other day, I don't think I phrased it so well, but I'm, I don't know how else to phrase it. I, I, I know what I'm seeing. Like, I'm not saying I don't understand what's going on, but when you watch the Celtics offense, is it just me that doesn't get how they're actually scoring? Like, yes. On a consistent basis. <laughs> like, I mean, they've, I've, they, they shoot the three ball pretty well. That's about right, it. But outside of that, what do they do to create for themselves and, and others? Like, Before we get off of Al Horford, let me say this. Because you guys know I'm a big Al Horford guy. Shouts out. Love yeah. that man. And after either game one or game three, I sent a text saying that Al Horford is the best player in the league. <laughs> so obviously, since then, I have been very disappointed with his performance. He hasn't been terrible. But his performances in game one and game three, when he plays well like that, the Celtics are just so much better because then other guys around him get going. Tatum gets going. Brown gets going. Derek White gets going. Marcus Smart gets going because they have this wild card in Al Horford that's giving them buckets, giving them the energy, blocking shots, and he just brings it all together, spacing the floor. Exactly. So... I don't know. I would never put Grant Williams in the game over Al Horford when you're losing in a game five in the fourth quarter. But Al has not been as good. And like Shub said, part of that is based on the fact that he's getting these mismatches. He has the advantage and he's not getting the ball. Like he simply is not getting the ball. And I think that they need to look. He's not their X factor, obviously, but they need to look to get him involved tonight in game six. And I guess I, I'm i just thinking about it. I don't want to blame it on Tatum and Brown and Smart because you guys made a good point. Like, let's not it's a whole put team it entirely thing. on them. It is a yeah. whole team thing. But wait, wait, but you were the one who said those three committed the 13 turnovers of their 16. Whoa, that's where I'm I'm getting. That's where I'm getting. That's where I'm getting to. I'm just saying, like, that's where I'm getting to. I'm saying that's on them. A loss is is a whole team thing. Yeah, you have to, as a team, take that and move on. But, but if your primary ball handlers, or your stars or whatever are giving you no creation whatsoever because every time they try to, all they're doing is just taking it inside and looking for a dump out for a kick out. Sorry. And every time they do that, they're not actually putting much thought or effort into that. So they get in the paint and now they're doubled or tripled even, and they're just chucking it out. They're not even able to make regular passes. I know you guys saw that, that just like, wing to wing pass from Tatum to Brown that they couldn't get off that got tipped. Like it's, it's simple, small things that they're struggling with and it's turnovers primarily. It's just that. So yes, I I'm standing hard on that. This is important, but not the reason that they lost. I'm not, I'm not blaming the, the three 
players getting turnovers because it's not been them every single game, but the turnovers have been. I mean, reason. the turnovers in game five were terrible. And in a game where Steph Curry goes 0 for 9 from 3, you simply have to win. You simply have to win. And 22% as a team. Yeah. Clay stepped up. Poole stepped up. Wiggins obviously really stepped up. Wiggins still went 0 for 6 from 3. That's true. That's true. But besides the threes. That's unlike him too. Yeah. Besides the threes, he got it done. So with the way the Warriors played in game five and the Celtics didn't win with these horrific turnovers and bad shots, I think it's a little defeating. And And to bring us into our predictions for tonight, I'm going to say the Warriors get it done and the finals, unfortunately, come to an end tonight. It's game six. We all know what that means for Klay Thompson. So... I think the I think the Celtics are a little defeated after that game because Steph Curry has been unreal in games one through five, one through four. And in game five, he was not there and they still didn't win. So unless we get another dud like that tonight from Curry, which we all know is possible in the finals, I think it's GG's. I mean, I would I would agree. It's just it's 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 boiling down to Tatum, Smart, Brown just having this tunnel vision. Like Doug said, like they want to shoulder the load. They feel they have to. And and they don't. In the games they've won, that's not how it looked. It it might have looked like they were taking the most shots, but they were making the open play. They were making they were making the extra pass and it just looked like they're chemistry was at an all-time high and now they've just strayed away from that so I think going in tonight um, I think it would be very smart of Udoka to play Robert and Horford more I think that would just make sense I mean Robert Williams in game five he was four for five from the field 10 eight and two and he didn't get played that much um, it just, it, it doesn't make that much sense. And I think the Celtics are just in their head right now. They know they can beat them, but yep. they don't, they, they're just not, um, cohesive right now as a yep. unit. And on the Warriors end, um, shouts out Clay. I mean, when everybody Game looked ass Clay. last game, he, he kind of shouldered the weight. So, I know he's been getting a lot of flack lately about how he's just kind of a shell of himself and hasn't had like a huge clay pop-off game. So yeah, I, I mean clay he did what he could. So shouts out to that. Shouts out fake clay too. And he's been a lot better. <laughs> oh not my shouts god. Out fake clay. Not fake shouts clay. out fake clay. Shouts out the fake real clay has been a lot better on defense than I than I gave him credit. Yeah. Um, so going in to tonight, Boston opens up as a three and a half point favorite. At home, uh, expect to see Portnoy courtside. It's crazy. <laughs> literally has no idea what you're saying. When also, shift to gambling. We we don't need if we're not giving free promo to Stephen A. Smith. We're not giving it to oh, Ho as Dave Portnoy. Any, Get the we're not out of here, bro. Stop here. talking about Dave Portnoy. Stop. Oh just Get wants to suck here. his dick, though. Just let him want. No, yeah, and I don't. I don't. I don't it's, 
I don't need my friends getting unconsensual. I told oh. you, I gave you an explanation on that and you chose to ignore it, but. No, I chose to read into it more and I continued to feel the same way. Okay. Well, you didn't respond well, to me. So I, I took that as you chose to ignore me. Anyways, anyways, the garden will be popping. We know this. It's winter go home. And I think tonight, like we've been saying in the past like three or four weeks, it's going to come down to experience. I know for a fact, whoever's refing, it doesn't matter. Zach Zarba. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. We're oh, gonna geez. have a we can just game. we can keep going without talking about roughing. Yeah, we can keep going without talking without it. Yeah. Um, the fourth quarter, we know it's gonna be close. So it's who's gonna step up, who's gonna make the clutch shots, and who's gonna nut up. I mean, this is this is the time. And if you're gonna if you want a ring, you gotta win. And then That's you gotta facts. go back and win in San Fran, which is even tougher. So and you gotta deal with a game six clay tonight. I mean. There's just so many factors. A lot to overcome for the lads Yeah, in green. The green boys are just, they're in a tough spot right now. And that's why I'm going to take them tonight. That is my prediction. (laughs) Everybody up. Everybody. From the top ropes. We ride the green. Yeah. Real quick about game five. Something we didn't talk about. Obviously, it was very minor. But a couple Jordan Poole threes to end the third quarter. Put the Warriors up double digits. No. The buzzer beater. The buzzer beater. The two. The two. He made two threes at the end of the He had two threes in the last Including the buzzer beater. He hit a three and then he airballed for two for one, but then he made up for it with the buzzer beater. And that, it just, it looked so defeating for the Celtics. He got. No, they were talking trash about the two for one on the broadcast. Yep. And that, that three. That buzzer beater three just looked so defeating for the fucking Celtics, man. It they also yeah. Brown played the whole quarter and knew they had to play another whole quarter ahead of him. And we and were talking about this help. during the game. And it was when the Warriors were starting to go down in the third quarter. And I said before it happened, Steve Kerr needs to flip the coin. He needs Give to put Jordan flowers, Poole guys. in the game. Give him he needs to flowers. take the gamble. And it worked. The and pool party. I'm, I'm not going to say that's what won them the game, but it was a huge momentum, a huge swing. momentum swing. Um, I, I want to go back and look at that that Houston buzzer beater back in the, the tournament. Uh, I'm, in, in I'm curious. Oh yeah, huh? in yeah, yeah. Games. Um, because <laughs> I'm I'm curious because he on this you know on the other night he was at the baseline at the at the Celtics baseline or Warriors baseline whatever for that play. At Are the you talking about the play. inbound? Muhammad mm-hmm. Ali Abdul Rahman okay. and he had four seconds to yeah. get up the court. Shots I'm just very Shots curious out. what the what the sim because it was the opposite wing. It looked like the same shot, just the opposite wing. Oh Did he bang? no, it, that one was way deeper. The um the buzzer beater was. college college dude. No, not college. No, the, not college. Uh, You're the other right. Night was way deeper. No, because, but I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. were. It was probably like proportionally about the same behind the line. But, but when you change the three yeah. point line from college to the NBA, it was way deeper. Yeah, way deeper. It was but a much better shot. I do want to say this real fast. They had to uh, review the shot because it was so close, and you could see all the Celtics looking up at the monitor. And seeing that he got it off with like point one or whatever, and it just looked like they were all like the air was taken out of their lungs. Yep. And 
they were like, all right, here we go. Let's get some water and just get back out there. And that is not the mindset you want to mm-hmm. have. And it, they're then just they went one for nine. Yeah, I mean, they're they young. They not group. score in the fourth quarter. That was really their dagger. Their dagger yeah. happened with zero no seconds creation. on the clock in the third quarter. No creation. That's where they need the veteran Al Horford, like, to just start the offense. I'm not saying load, like, put everything on his shoulders, but just get a couple layups, like, get them going. Especially yeah, when you're being the guarded by court. Gary Payton. I mean, it, it doesn't make that much sense. It Gary Payton's a good like, defender. Yeah, it sounds like us four would have a great no. game plan, but <laughs> too they don't want like to have Gary Payton is a shooting guard slash center. So whenever he comes off the bench, you no always got to use is that. He really? Yeah. So when he comes, a lot of times when you play him, you know, it's his team I hate when in 2K my career. Does that. Or whatever he'll he'll be the backup center. I so hate when two K buckets. That. It's so Straight annoying buckets. to play now. It's so annoying. Um, but I think it's time for me to give my prediction. Uh, yeah, into tonight. I haven't done that yet. I Not think I. for Boston, you got to go back to what worked in your best game of the series in Game One. Game One was undoubtedly their best game of the series. I think everyone can agree on that. They came out swinging. And they got to do that again. I think yep. when you look at the lineups that day, Robert Williams was Robert Williams. He came out yesterday saying the Celtics said, if you play, your knee is going to be fucked up. And Isaiah Thomas retweeted that and said, they told me the same thing and said, you're still playing. Um, and Robert Williams is injured. He's been getting healthier. It, he looks like he's getting healthier. But in game one, he had eight points and six rebounds in 24 minutes with a steal and four blocks. That's a, like he didn't miss a shot. He had 8.6 rebounds, four blocks, and a steal. You'd think he'd be getting more minutes than that. But honestly, I think that 24 minutes is plenty. I think he's going to give you the same amount of production no matter how many minutes he plays, just based on how his health is and based on the kind of player he is. I think that's what you have to do with him. Um, With Al, he put up 12 shots that game. I think you got to find – you got to at least look for Al early in the game. He had a big first quarter, if I remember. Get Al at least eight shots. Because he's barely putting up five. Um, Derek White, I, I was gonna say you gotta he's been their most consistent player before last game. Shooting but 30 something yep. percent from the field and throughout the series. I was gonna say, like, you gotta give him his flowers, but then Udoka went away 28. from him. 28. He played 31 minutes in game one and had 21 points. You got you gotta go yeah, back. 30. You got you gotta try and go with those lineups. Um, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart all, all probably are going to get about 40 minutes because in that game, one, Pritchard played 15 minutes and at 8.6 boards, two assists. He's Pritchard hasn't put that up combined in the rest of the series, <laughs> but he was a plus 14. Now, I'm not saying Pritchard's the answer because I think he's not going to shift back to game one, but he played 15 minutes. Those minutes will go to Tatum, Brown, and Smart. And you got to run with Derek White and Grant Williams off the bench. D- Daniel Tice played five minutes off the bench. If you want to spell Daniel Tyson for a couple minutes when Kevon Looney's in to give Al a break or Robert Williams a break, I'm not it's against not the worst it. thing. Yeah. I'm not against it. And when when Kevon Looney specifically is in the game, right? Um, but yeah, you just got to go back to what worked. Game one was their best shot. Uh, they, I mean, they they didn't control that game for the entire time, but. You know, they, they, they had a really good game, well-rounded. Like, Tatum only shot 3 of 17, but I think that's not consistent. Like, that's not going to happen again, I mean, you'd think. And then if you're the Except Warriors, if you're the Warriors and you want to win, keep feeding Wiggins the ball. 
it's simple as that. Don't don't let Curry like obviously if Curry puts up fifty, you're gonna win. I mean, knock on wood, like for the Warriors. But like when Curry is performing like he is, and it takes the pressure, like they want to double team him, and Wiggins is playing as well as he does. Don't just like go away from him just because it's like, oh, he's never done it three games in a row. Let him try. Let him prove himself. Like let Wiggins prove himself why he belongs, why he's the number one overall pick. Maple Jordan. Like I think Wiggins is the key to success. I think Clay, I I, I agree with Duve. Like Clay kept them in last game. Like if it wasn't for Clay, they're not winning last game. Um, and game six Clay is for real. But I think Wiggins and Curry are the new dynamic duo for the this finals. For this Word. finals, new yes. splash bros. Rest, rest my face. <laughs> yeah. I thought I you not were not say splash gonna bros. Say I said that. dynamic duo. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that prediction. Um, so, yeah, uh, real prediction. quick prediction. Yeah, I got to do my. I got to do my prediction. Um, um, I never said mine. I got the Celtics. Oh, I Game thought you did. I never said it. I think they they pulled out. Everybody up. I. I have the Celtics too, but that's just I just want a game seven. That's Everybody really against me. I know I, I actually kind of want the Warriors to win tonight. Um, but I just I want a game seven. Yeah. I want more basketball. Of course. So yeah, we all I'm just rooting for a game seven summer. Yeah. It's good it's, for the I, content. I don't give a shit about either of these teams, except yeah. for I do exactly. hate the city of Boston. So me too. Yeah, we're not Boston fans necessarily, but I hate we're the not Red Sox. Boston. I'm not Ever a Boston. Since they've fan. Traded I'm, we're Thomas. not we're not Boston Celtics fan. haters. We're Boston haters. Yeah. Get that right. I'm a Celtics hater. Ever since they traded Isaiah Thomas. Well, yeah, you have a reason because you know you the disrespect by Danny Ainge, but he's gone now. So Danny, yeah, that's Danny Ainge is not the best moral character to use as a you know, <laughs> standard. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, there was an employee who just came out and backed up, uh, you know, kind of, what's the word? Brought further evidence to back up all this uh, Robert Sarver sons stuff, sons issues. I have not seen in the front office. The uh, she, she came out, she's, she was a oh, senior I saw premium yes. executive experience, something like that, where she, basically it's like high level, you know, People who get the, the sweets and stuff, she deals with those customers and helps them out when they're in games and stuff like that. Whatever. She came out um, and resigned, I think, a week ago, something like that. But she wrote a letter to Robert Sarver and other members of the board and, and just like executives uh, for the Suns, basically calling out, you know, whether it was individuals or certain processes within the organization she wrote a, uh, the letter went to the HR department as well to complain to them. Like there was a lot of stuff that came out of this um, that just further backs up this stuff and also kind of extends into other aspects of the Suns organization uh, outside of just Robert Sarver. So this is going to be a very interesting offseason for uh, the Suns. And I'm, I'm saying that I, I don't think we're a podcast where someone is going to come and listen to, you know, talk about those topics we're only going to take that and talk about the basketball side of it because that's what we're here for on the basketball side the suns are about to fall off tremendously yeah they're losing deandre in that's going to happen that is going to happen chris paul like you just said on his last legs and now you have devin booker a guy who's struggled to do anything phoenix by himself forever I'll also say this with that'd be a tough time. 
all this public news coming out about their front office, you have to think the players are reading this and many free agents are not going to be rubbed the right way after they read that. And what's the vibe around uh, Arizona Jack? Yeah. yeah. Tell us about the, this. Uh, what's the vibe around let's, Arizona. Let's go to the Is street, everyone buzzing Jack? About, about the suns. I should go out there and start asking some people on the street, what they think. And then on the street. What's the deal? But yeah, obviously I wanted to have the suns in the finals so I could go to game five and seven when I got down here. If it got that far, but only the Yotes were in the cup. Not the case. If only the Yotes were in the cup, (laughs) they would have played outside or something. We're gonna we're gonna send Mindy to Devin Booker's house and get a uh, personal interview. (laughs) I'm knocking on the front door. Send him to send him to uh, have the screen snipe DeAndre. (laughs) (laughs) Um. All right, Dove. I don't think you ever gave you get so everyone gave a prediction actually. You, I said I said okay. So I Celtics, Celtics, I don't really Celtics care and, uh, and a Warriors and, that I hate and I took the Boston Warriors and I don't really like the Warriors, but I want more basketball. So let's get a game seven. Yeah. Um. All right. Any any last messages to the teams playing? Any, oh. any, any last basketball thoughts? One one more news thing. Uh, Bogdanovich. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. The Hawks uh, undergoes surgery on his knee. So. Not good. It, the the. Uh, People who are looking for Detroit to trade for him, it's no longer in it's no longer in the in the also you know. shots shots out Super. She's retiring. Great Jew. Great Jew, Super. Legend, legend of the WNBA. Legend. legend. Um, my last thoughts are yes, I took the Warriors, but if Al Horford, Derek White, and Grant Williams combine for 10 points, 40. 25. 40. 40. They win. That's Wait, no say doubt the players about again. It. Say the players Ra- again. Al Horford, Derek White, Grant Williams. Well, I'll bring it down to 30. Yeah, 30. Yeah, I was going to say because the Warriors last night, the Warriors the other night had 30 bench points. I'm bringing Which it down nice. to 30. They're not going to match game one with their however many points combined they had. It was upwards of 50. But if them, especially Derek White, when Derek White plays well, when Derek White scores, the Celtics are a different team, but because I got the Warriors when he does, and we're Hayden hammering plays more than a minute. We're 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 firing you, man. Yep, that's all I've got. Come on, I agree with all that. All right, um, another great episode. Um, remember to rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts five stars. We deserve it. Um, download the episodes as well. Download. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Hustle and Hoops, YouTube, Hustle and Hoops. Uh, like the video if you're on YouTube. Um, shouts out to Koozie Coochie. Shouts uh, out. And uh, we'll see you all next time, hopefully, when a champion is crowned. Peace.